morning, everybody. Welcome to Smartest Guy in the Room. Your host, Jerry Dempsey, along with my good pal, Matt Otis-Smith. No, neither one of us. I mean, I'm both, I'm alone in my room. I think you're alone in your room. But there's probably a cockroach in here somewhere who might be a little smarter than me. What say you to that, Matt? <laughs> alone in my room, just like I was when I was a teenager. Don't know about the cockroaches, though. I have no, we have huge ones down here. They call them palmetto bugs, which is yeah. the more sophisticated way of saying cockroach. Really? Um, I prefer the Spanish version of la cucaracha because then you can do a dance after they're <laughs> chasing you around. Uh, my wife had one run over her foot when she was sitting on the toilet the other day. <laughs> oh, God, I would freak scared. out. You know, what's the deal too with the uh, the cicada? Uh, I keep seeing pictures from the mid-Atlantic, and my friend sent me a photo of his tree out in front of his house the other day, and I, I would have a nervous breakdown if, if I had, like, just my whole property was covered with that shit. We, uh, you know, the, my wife's family lives in northern Virginia, and a few years back, a long time ago, I guess, it was the last time they came out, you could hear them everywhere. Like, you'd walk outside, and there'd be the noise of them. And we ran into, like, a, you know, whatever, a swarm of them at one point. Yeah. It's fucking awful. That's all I can tell you. And yeah, I know I... people that eat them now, right? Have you seen that shit? No, God. Eat They're the... cooking them. They're re recipes. God. Fucking cicada pie. Sign of the times, I guess. My brother's been living in outside of D.C. for, God, almost... At least twenty five years. He hasn't said a word about him. I don't. I. I don't know. I'm going to see him this weekend. I got to ask him about the, about them because I. I would. I would. I would just freak out. Well, they're pretty fucking nasty. So what's with the skull behind you? Well, it's interesting. Um, you and I, as we've done this podcast, um, I feel like you inspire me sometimes. Uh, sometimes that's good. Sometimes it's bad, depending on who's relating the influence but see this book i'll hold it up for the peeps the, the daily, daily stoic. stoic yeah yeah i came across it a few years ago and you know outside of religion which i've kind of gotten away from just because not because i don't like believing in a higher power or that like the wonders of nature are so amazing somebody had to fucking make it but the reality of it is religion sometimes to me is just like mind control or opium of the masses as people love to fucking quote a phrase right right but the daily stoic uh it was just simple little phrases from the greek or the stoics of your the socrates people the platos and epictetus and marcus aurelius and all these other wonderful people that took the time or had the time because they weren't fucking breaking their backs like throwing rocks around or whatever they did back then you know they had the time to think which is, you know, again, when you think about me and you, that's all we're looking for is a little chance to think about our plight and how we make our positions in life more equitable for ourselves. Wouldn't you agree? I would. Anyway, all that funnels into this memento mori, which is uh, a phrase from the old stoic world of remember that you will fucking die and you are you are born to die. And. You know, it can mean different things to you at different points in your life, I think. But, like, for me, it meant get off my ass and live each day 
better and more fuller for your own fucking sake because you are going to die and it won't mean shit. Yeah. So so, why not just have a good time? (laughs) Well, it's interesting because my brother was telling me how that phrase momento more is, uh, has kind of been trending lately in popular culture, which I didn't know. Uh, but him and I put out a zine called alternative insight. And, uh, in our next zine, he's doing something on that, uh, topic. And, I have a tattoo on my arm with a reaper and it says time's wasting on it. And, uh, we see it. I don't really know if you can see it. Oh yeah. I can see it. uh, He, uh, he was asking me for the zine. He said, let's do a Q and a about like what prompted you to get that tattoo and the meaning behind it. And, uh, you know, um, so I was, you mentioned thinking, you know, I got this during the pandemic where I was alone a lot and uh, working from home and, you know, and driving myself crazy and on the verge of a mental breakdown, which I kind of found out later <clears throat> that a lot of Americans were feeling the same way I was. And, uh, yep. um, you know, I got thinking at my age, 53, and, you know, the whole concept of, you know, there's probably a lot more time behind me than there is in front of me. And I better get my ass going. Yep. So <clears throat> I didn't know that that phrase was, uh, trending though. And, uh, I didn't I wasn't either. even, I wasn't even familiar with it, which is hilarious. Cause I'm the only one on the planet that took seven years of Latin. <laughs> well, I never took any Latin. I was warned. Thankfully I had an older brother that, that took Latin with father Aurelian, probably the guy that taught you. Yeah. Oh, he beat the shit out of me for Yeah, he beat up a lot of people. Um, but my brother warned me, he said, do not take Latin. Take Spanish. Take something easy. Don't be stupid. <laughs> so yeah, thank God for my older brother. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I started taking it in junior high because my father was like, it'll help you with the English language and you'll it'll make you a better writer. And I, yeah. I never saw the fucking connection. But yeah, I wasn't good in school, so I just kept taking it every year it was offered because it was the only class I could really do well in. And I took it from like junior high through high school. And I took it in college too. And I kept taking the same class over and over again. And, uh, that is a mental problem right there. No offense. (laughs) (laughs) I only time I ever used it too was, uh, um, when I married my wife, she'd been married before and she had to get an annulment in order to get married in the Catholic church. And it's this long, drawn-out fucking process that I just, I can't even believe they make people go through. <laughs> but uh, um, you got to, like, track people down who are witnesses to your former marriage, and they have to write essays, and it's just, it's unreal. And so, anyway, the decision comes on whether or not you're going to get the annulment granted. It comes from the fucking Vatican, and it comes back in Latin. And uh, we had already like deposits and shit down on places. So like if, you know, if, if the it was important to my mother, you uh, know, for me to get married in a church, I didn't give a fuck. But uh, uh, yeah, the I know. hoops, the hoops you jumped through, right? Yeah, you know, seriously, I never would do that again if uh, if, no. I, if I could revisit that. But yeah, we had deposits down on places, and like time was winding down, and uh, and we didn't. <laughs> we hadn't heard yet on the decision and like, I was going to get my money back if, if the annulment wasn't granted and finally came back and it came back from the, from the Vatican and it was all in Latin and I understood it. 
Yeah. Well, there you go. It fucking paid off. That's a long story with the with the payoff at the end. Did it? Right, did so, it really pay off? No, not really. But listen, that memento mori, where you're you use the inspiration to me comes into play is, I've been thinking long and hard for a long time, like at least two weeks, about getting a tattoo. Yeah. And there's um there's a really cool. This is I'm getting not this particular memento mori. There's another one. It looks like a coin, and then it's yeah. got like the sands of time in one hand, and I think a rose in the on the other hand, and a skull in the middle, and it just says "Memento Mori" on this like a like an old fashioned looking coin. Uh, so that I'm getting that tattoo. I just don't know where it? on my body I'm going to get it. Maybe on yeah. my forehead. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I I kind of went crazy during the pandemic. I got like four kind of large ones on my arms i think it was just a except for me it was more of like a, a way to deal it was more of like an acceptable form of uh cutting you know now, do you have a tramp stamp i just have to ask you <laughs> no no i don't uh, i'm not that easy because <laughs> i think if i get this one i'll probably just get it like on my shoulder yeah i thought about like getting it maybe on my chest or something but you know get it I, on your face well, it's funny, just as a quick anecdotal, long time ago, one of my brothers um, had an earring. And if you remember in the 80s, when getting earrings for guys was fairly controversial, especially, you know, with respect to our conservative type parents. Yeah. So fucker has an earring for a while. And he was smart enough to take it out when he came home and was around the house. And one day we're eating dinner. And I noticed he'd forgotten to take it out. And we didn't really talk at our dinner table. It was just time to eat and then get the fuck out of there. Um, but my dad sees it. And I'm like, and I'm watching my dad noticing the earring. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> so my dad looks at me and goes, hey, what the fuck is that? And uh, my dad probably didn't say fuck, but I like to say it. Um, so my brother looks at him and he's instantly like triggered. And he's like, what? What, Dad? What? And he's like, well, just tell me why the fuck you have that thing. And brother goes to my dad, because I want people to notice me. <laughs> and my dad is six when he goes, oh, you want people to notice you? Just get asshole tattooed on your forehead. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my father said this similar thing to me. They, they must have gone to the same school because my they father all did. <laughs> yeah, my father said the same thing to me. Uh, so. That phrase, maybe that went around the ward when they were growing up. Get asshole tattooed on your forehead. I mean, it's just so classic. <laughs> uh, anyway, so we're talking dad about... School. Say that again? South Buffalo dad school. Yeah, my, you know, my dad didn't talk much about his childhood in the first ward. Uh, I, don't, I know very little other than his, his dad, whose name was Humphrey, used to box... Uh, and if he won, he would take my grandma like out on a on a good date. And if he lost, you know, mm. I don't know what they do. They probably eat uh, mac and cheese or some shit. Whatever poor people ate back then. They probably had a six pack and a potato. Bologna. <laughs> I think they had bologna. Yeah, Irish seven course meal. <laughs> I think it was bologna, and then I think they had uh, liverwurst. Uh, well, they had. My dad used to make this thing from his childhood when they were poor. It was rice milk and sugar 
<laughs> yeah. He used to feed that to us. That was gross, <laughs> man. We used to make, my mom used to make a mean shepherd's pie, but she didn't even know that it was called shepherd's pie. It wasn't with lamb or anything fancy. It was just hamburger with onions and peppers and like fucking peas and carrots in it with mashed potatoes and gravy all over the place. I think everyone from the ward, uh, which was the poor Irish section of Buffalo and where Jerry and Jerry's father and my father grew up. I think everyone boxed there because my I come from a long line of boxers. Yeah. You'd yeah. be a good boxer. So, yeah, we used to have to fight. Uh, you know, you used to strap on the gloves with your old man when you turned 14. I came from uh, my father's side of the family with all the boxers. I was, he had, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, he he he, he fucking plastered me. <laughs> I never boxed. My, my dad punched me a lot, but I never, like, squared off with him. But we had a heavy bag, and we had gloves. And, like, me and uh, my brothers used to go at it. I mean, I never, like, my older brother was way too big for me, but, like, me and Ud used to box all the time. But I got pretty good at it. But he he pounded the shit out of me quite a bit. So I learned to not, I learned to be a pacifist because I got my ass kicked so much. <laughs> uh, so what are we talking about today? We're talking about the rich. One of your favorite topics. I love eat rich the, people. Eat the rich. Eat the fuckers. Um, you know, there's so many layers, um, but it, like, let's start with just, isn't part of the American dream to get like some kind of wealth? Absolutely. Um, absolutely. absolutely. But I mean, there's so many different, like, you know, I'll start with just being a somewhat hateful person towards rich people, but opulent, just disgusting wealth to me is a sign of a mental illness. And I'll pick on, like, a Jay Leno who's got, like, 5,000 classic cars or whatever the fuck. Like, I, I just don't get that kind of idiocy wealth. I think it's a mental problem. Well, see, but, yeah, and you and I were talking uh, leading into the show a couple of days ago about how rich is too rich. And, yeah. you know, I don't think that wealth in and of itself is the problem when you, I think it's what you do with that wealth and, like, what you just mentioned with Jay Leno you know, well, opulent. Well, opulent you amass opulence. it. Opulence is a choice, right? But why? Exactly, because you're an asshole. Well, if you were a Stoic or or someone of more of a philosophical approach, like when you think about wealth, there's two things I think of that are, you know, paramount. One being your your own physical health and well being, right? And then the other, like you mentioned, is your fucking time. Those right. two things, you can't purchase them. I mean, you can get a trainer, but you still got to do the workout. But I mean, how you how you spend your time determines your level of satisfaction with your existence. Mm -hmm. And being useful to other people is always up there, too. I throw that as a close third. Right. So, yeah, but I mean, like, you know, Jay Leno is using his time to take his money and buy, you know, 500 fucking cars or how, however many he has. You know, he's famous for his car collection and so is jerry seinfeld and you know i mean again that's that's their choice on how they're using their time and it's to me it's not a value to anyone else not that they owe people anything but like you know you always hear these stories about these old people who die and they've lived in the same like shitty house for you know 45 50 years 
And then when, you know, they die, their kids discover that their fucking parents were like multimillionaires, you know? Yep. They didn't live, you know, they didn't live an opulent lifestyle. It was, that was their choice, you know? So, uh, you know, I mean, how you spend your time and the choices you make to me are more, uh, can be more vile than the accumulation of wealth. I don't think the accumulation of wealth in and of itself is disgusting. What's I don't, yeah, like I don't disagree with that at all. Um, but I think like everything in life, like me and you could go out and drink three beers each, talk some shit, yuck it up and go home and go to bed, you know, and then wake up the next day and hit the gym and do, go back to our lives. Or I could have 18, 19 beers, uh, kick a cop car, and wake up in the fucking slammer. <laughs> right. Which I've done. No. <laughs> but I mean, so it's like everything with, you know, it's that magical place of uh, moderation, which, you know, some people can never find. But I think moderating wealth, you know, like Bill Gates is famous in the news lately for his divorce and all his cheating and, you know... I read this article where it said Bill Gates will never get what he wants the most, which is respect from people in the world. <laughs> and I thought that was fucking funny because he's got giant houses. He's got land. He's got that, you know, Ponzi scheme of, a, of an endowment fund or whatever. Um, those are great ways to launder money, by the way. Just right. I knew, you probably know that. Um, but you think that fucking nerd is happy? I mean, look at him. Would you want to be him? <laughs> Oh, no, I wouldn't uh, for a whole variety of reasons. I, you know, I don't pay that close attention to Bill Gates. So sometimes the the backlash against him surprises me. But again, I, I'm not paying a lot of attention uh, to him. Um, and, you know, the, I he was especially criticized during the pandemic and people thought he like had a hand in creating it or I, you know, sometimes the criticism toward people like him gets so off the rails, I have to tune out. But, uh, you know, um, going back to to wealth, and, you know, there's people that I hear who are very economic-oriented and, you know, uh, tend to put economics first when it comes to their political choices, et cetera. And, and I can understand that. And, and, you know, they'll always talk about how it, it takes wealth to create wealth. You know, and, you know, which basically means poor people aren't giving anyone jobs. And I and I understand that, too. But, you know, I think the the disconnect in America now is, uh, again, at least for me, I don't I don't hate anyone for being wealthy. But, you know, the you mentioned the American dream and uh, you know, who's that available to anymore in terms of. Uh, you know, when our fathers were starting out compared to now, wages haven't gone up in like four, you know, they've been stagnant for 40 years. The gap between the rich and the poor are, is at an all-time high. 20 million people lost their jobs during the pandemic and fucking uh, like the America's billionaires all got richer. So, you know, I don't I don't hate people for being rich. I just hate rich assholes, I guess. <laughs> Well, you know, again, when you parcel it out to what's important in life, um, 
poor people do move up. I mean, my grandparents on my dad's side lived it, like hand to mouth. You know, and these are people that were having kids during the Great Depression. So right. how's that for ballsy? Like, um, <laughs> you know, but like these people with their Lambos and shit. Like, I don't, I don't know. I would never buy one of those fucking cars, even though I would totally drive one for like an hour just to floor it around town, just yeah. like probably crash it into a tree um, just for fun. Like, I drove a race car one time, and that may be one of the funnest things I've ever done. But I mean, do I want to own one and have it sit in my garage? No. I had a convertible old car for a while, and the thing was like an albatross around my neck. It never would start. I was constantly tinkering with it. And I'm like, this thing's a pain in the fucking balls. You know? And then I think Jay Leno has like 500 of these. Why, <laughs> why would I want this? <laughs> Maybe you he know? doesn't use his balls like the people in the Great Depression. Uh, everyone in the I Great mean, Depression seemed to get laid. You know, I mean, God, my grandmother had 11 kids in her family. Did she my, really? I didn't yeah, know my, that. my grandfather had like nine. And my dad had 63 first cousins. You know, like... I guess if you're not working, <laughs> you got a lot of time to fuck. Well, again, simple pleasures. I mean, it's right there. It's available. People, <laughs> you know, it makes you feel good. Whatever whatever gives you, is it endorphins? What do you get from having sex? Dopamine? I don't know. One of those. Gonorrhea. <laughs> exactly. Gonorrhea. Why don't they ever cure those things? Don't you think they could cure all STDs? It's all part of a con the conspiracy, the deep state, man. Keep the poor people down. You're right. <laughs> hey, yeah, you know, you're right. I mean, poor people have make choices, too. It's not just, you know, that, that uh, you know, everyone has choices to make. It's not just the wealthy. And there's some choices that poor people make that leave you scratching your head. You know, well, there's, there's various reasons, you know, but uh, addiction, desperation, blah, blah, blah. But still, you know. Yeah, I just feel like if you could remove greed from the human, like, from from our uh, choice of ways to operate, <clears throat> that would go a long way for humanity. Because, like, I had this discussion with someone about healthcare. Because if you break it down, right, take food out of the mix, because I don't want to talk about food. But, like, your rent or buying a house, paying for your healthcare... Those and, and paying for college are three of the biggest things that you will spend the most money on in your life for the average person. Right. You know what I mean? You got to fucking eat, but you could eat cheap if you really wanted to. Like one thing I found out during the pandemic, I like going to restaurants and I like people bringing me food. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I, but, I'm a big restaurant guy. Yeah, and I don't mean I hate restaurants like when work people would say, oh, let's go to this restaurant and you got to. Like to a Panera Bread where you're like in a cafeteria. I, I fucking hate those places. I want to sit at a table and have someone bring me food and then take it away when I'm done. Yeah, exactly. And I don't <laughs> like chains either. No, chains are I awful. I eat at restaurants almost every day and I hate chain restaurants and I hate Paneras and things like that. I like a good bar. Panera Bread does have good mac and cheese and my kids always make me take them there, so... Uh, yeah, I have to give in. I have to give a little somewhere. <laughs> I do like their mac and cheese. I'm not going to lie. Um, but no, I was going to say, during the pandemic, we started cooking a lot at home because we had to. Right. And I, I've actually come to, like, enjoy, like, we watched the cooking channel 
almost all the time. And I'm always trying to make something new. Like I, I brined a pork shoulder and then fucking slow cooked it just in my oven. Mm-hmm. And the meat fell off the fucking bone, man. And I mean, we ate it. My kids were eating it. My son, who's pretty picky, was like, Dad, this is really good. Uh, you know, and I got a lot of enjoyment out of that. Like, again, if you're going to turn wealth or the idea of being wealthy into things that are actually have utility for you, like feeling good about shit you do is to me more valuable than having a million bucks and going, yeah, I, I rip people off. You know, I've, I'm a junior Bernie Madoff and I rob people yeah. to fucking get my millions. Like, how do you live with yourself with that shit? And that's that's my problem with wealthy people that are fucking dishonest and greedy. And mm-hmm. they're everywhere. Right. Yeah, um, I, I, uh, I, I've, I'm 53. I've lived hand to mouth. Basically, like probably probably for the first 48, 49 years of my life. So, uh, you know, I mean, when we started out, we didn't have money. And then like we had kids before we were ready. And then, you know, and then uh, then they get older, they get involved in shit. And then, you know, you, you got college on the horizon. And, you know, it wasn't until they got out of school, out of college, that I finally started having a little bit of money to put away. So, you know, um, I relate and understand the hand to mouth style of life more than I do the the wealthy style of life. Interesting, like just from a juxtaposition standpoint, like I spent years doing bidding for corporate America. And while I made a good living, uh, I, you know, I bought a house. Almost like the Joe Walsh song. And I was like never there. I had no furniture in it. Um, You know, it was ridiculous. And I only bought it because I had to sell a bunch of stock because the stock market was going to hell. But I mean, I used to live in apartments. I called it like my hotel life Uh because my apartment looked like a fucking hotel room. And I was never there because I just worked all the time. So I might have had money in the bank, but all I did was work like a fucking idiot. So I don't know. Well, I didn't have a wife or kids, so it's better than me. I, I, all I did was work when I was a in, when I was a journalist. All I did was work, and I, it was a profession that didn't pay. <laughs> At least you got paid. Yeah, I had a good time. I'm not, I'm not complaining. But yeah, and I did too. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just we again. We have the luxury now of one. I mean, how many people do you know? And because again, we're fifty three. And now people our age, younger than us, are dying off. And every time you hear about another one dying, you go, fuck, am I still alive? <laughs> I don't know if you do that, but I do it. <laughs> Momentum. Why haven't I been hit by a bus yet? <laughs> uh, right? Memento mori. So, it's coming. Voice. Death is coming for you. That's right. <laughs> fuck. I gotta tell, wait, let me just tell this one funny. Sorry. I was dancing with my grandma, my, my dad's mom. And this is a woman who lived to be 97 years old, smoked uh, filterless cigarettes, drank beer like a champion her whole life. So I was dancing with her at my sister's wedding. She was like 90-something. And she whispers to me, because she had the larynx removed, so she's like, like, talk like that. And uh, she's like, thank God forgot about me. I'm like, (laughs) oh, don't worry, Grandma. He's coming. (laughs) Nice. She died like a year later. (laughs) 
uh, investigation. I don't know. Yeah, so exactly. I, uh, I always, I always said like when I turn seventy, I'm gonna start smoking again. <laughs> you know, I've picked up smoking at different points in my, points of my life for uh, no good reason, uh, and it's so foul. I, it is foul. I but, have some buddies who want to smoke cigars and shit, and I'm like, uh, no fucking way. Get cigars are gross. Away. Cigars are like shoving a fucking cat in your mouth. It's like but, having uh, a dick in your mouth. <laughs> A cigarette, yeah, be, a, cigarette <laughs> can be, a cigarette can be kind of enjoyable now and then, but uh, I haven't smoked in a really, really, really long time. I'm going to start the one smoking 70. some weed, but I never, uh, I never really Seven. got into that. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Well, in 17 more years, I'm going to start smoking. Just no, just weed, you know, weed for me, that whole weed thing, uh, I, I don't do that shit because it just... I know so many people who do, and it makes them lazy, and it takes their edge away. And again, memento mori. You know, I want to get shit done. You know, yeah. I don't want to lay around. You need your edge. I agree with that. I do sure. need my edge. Yeah, you would not be. You just wouldn't be as sharp. I I know people. I have a brother who's in politics, and he was had like some anxiety issues during election cycles and whatnot. Yeah, and he. Took he got some prescription for one of those fucking Xanax or one of them, mm-hmm. and he threw them out because that's what he told me. He's like, I lost my edge with these fucking things. I don't want them. Yeah, <laughs> I'll deal I with the anxiety a different way. <laughs> I know a lot of people who are like smoke dope because they claim it helps them with their anxiety, and I'm like, fuck, do something more constructive, work out or something. You know, that'll help with your anxiety too. I suffered from really bad anxiety attacks and the and how i and they were like they were serious they were causing serious problems i tried everything this is long ago and what cured them for me was like intense exercise yeah Uh, yep mine were like i thought i was going crazy i thought i was gonna like fucking buy the farm and i don't know i guess to each his own right but i mean i got up yesterday i wrote for about an hour Put my took my kids to school and I took a yoga class. Then I sat in the hot box at the gym for about twenty minutes. Then I swam in the pool. I came home at like eleven thirty, almost noon. Yeah. Fucking napped on the couch for about an hour and a half. Uh-huh. It it's like top five naps of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I rank I rank yeah. my naps. <laughs> Yeah. So that's, I mean, like, I, to sleep in the middle of the afternoon on a fucking Thursday, I was like, God, I'm so lucky. <laughs> I do that more and more now. Uh, my workouts at my age just, like, waste me during the midday, and I I pass out with my dog for about an Isn't hour. Great? So it is great. great. <laughs> it is great. So, so why don't we bring this baby home? Yeah, I mean, long story short, the rich, in my opinion need to fucking share their wealth. They don't, I don't like the idea of them being taxed because the government's a middleman and they'll take their cut and waste most of it. That's my shitty opinion. Uh, You can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't give a fuck. But I think (laughs) there should be more foundations and less cronyism, less greed, and, and some way, shape, or form, People need their health care. They need cheaper rents. I mean, you can pay people more money, but then inflation fucking takes that away and all this other bullshit. And it's a vicious cycle. So I hate all that. But people need, you know, you know, there's accountability for people. 
And but once you're super rich, you need to turn into like Mr. You know, you need to watch Ebenezer Scrooge and fucking think about that movie and go, are you Scrooge? Give your fucking money away and don't be a dick. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, I don't get this. I don't get America's for profit healthcare system where, you know, if you get cancer, you know, uh, you got a choice between living and going bankrupt or dying, you know, I mean, it's, but I guess that's a show for another day. I, in terms of, uh, the economics of everything though, and the issue of wealth, whether you, you know, wealth doesn't give you, I don't have a problem with people having money, but wealth doesn't give you the excuse to be a fucking dick. So don't be a dick. That's it. All right. I'm going to make a plug uh, since I mentioned uh, Alternative Insight. You can get Alternative Insight at 1120press.com. You can also, at 1120press.com, buy yourself a very beautiful The Smartest Guy in the Room podcast t-shirt. I've been wearing mine, and, I mean, it's good for meeting chicks. That's all I can tell you. (laughs) Speaking of uh, speaking of the smartest guy in the room podcast, shout out to all of our listeners who have been leaving reviews. Uh, we appreciate it. Good, bad, ugly, doesn't matter. Thanks very much. Uh, we love hearing from you. Thank you for that, Mister Smith. You're the smartest guy in the room today. Just for for the plugs, you're the man. <laughs> Enjoy your weekend, big dog. All right, stay free. Stay free. Bye.